1: Welcome, you guys. Uh, My name is Micah Burgess, and I am a birth doula in Waco, Texas. You're listening to Game Day, Birds Not Balls. I'm so glad you're here. Well, today, um, we are going to feature a bonus episode, if you will. I was able to be interviewed on a podcast called uh, Can We Talk About This? And Amber Lee is conducting the interview. Um, She's from The Power of Birth. And what she's doing for women right now is super important. She's wanting them to be informed and empowered about their choices and their options. And man, I just am super excited about working with her. And this interview was so much fun. Uh, She's so much fun. And so, yeah, this is from her podcast. And uh, so we snatched it. She said, yeah, run with it. And so this is just a special episode so that you guys can also hear the interview, get some questions answered, maybe that you haven't heard yet on mine. And so, yeah, enjoy this.
0: Welcome to Can, can we, we Talk, talk About, about this? this? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your
2: producer, Rajelle from B Designs.
0: And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes, the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. If you subscribe to our website, you'll receive a free printable PDF file with over 30 motherhood affirmations. I wrote these affirmations at a time when I needed them and realized they could actually help others. You can use them as a bookmark, put them on your mirror, bedside table, fridge, or even the back of your toilet door, wherever you want to help remind you of your strength, give yourself compassion, recognize perfectionism, rage, guilt, overwhelm, and enhance self-belief, self-love, and self-acceptance. You can give them to your family, and friends, it would actually be the perfect gift for a new mom. Words have power, and I hope you'll be kind to yourself in this hard but worthwhile time. Head to thepowerofbirth.net to subscribe and download your free motherhood affirmations today. So today I'm chatting to Micah Burgess, a doula for over 20 years, a mama of six, a mentor, founder of Waco Doula, podcast host of Game Day, Births Not Balls, and recently published author of The Humor in Birth. She has quite a resume in and outside of birth and she's as real as they come and certainly doesn't disappoint. She has that Texan charm and energy and leans into the funniest side of life. And today she has her wisdom and experience with birth and motherhood. I have a giant love and appreciation for doulas. And I really do think that they need to be normalized in birth just as much as any other birth worker. But it's really, it's not really the way here in Australia. Would you say that that it's a bit different in America that people are more accepting and open to having doulas attend births?
2: It's a really great question. I mean, you know, in the area that I live in, and so I live in Waco, Texas, and while we're not like a metropolitan area like Dallas-Fort Worth or something like that, we're not a little bitty town either. Um, So there's lots of different options i say lots of different options but not as a wide variety as you might find in a larger city um i i do think that people just don't know that doulas are an option Um, and i don't really know how We continue to get the word out. I mean, I think we just keep doing what we're doing. We just keep talking about it. We just keep putting things out there. As people use doulas, they're going to talk about their doula. Oh my God, you got to hire a doula. It was amazing. I can't have a baby without a doula. You know, the more people that are talking about that, obviously, then the more educated people are going to get. And I think people confuse midwives and doulas uh, that's one of the big questions I get and I am NOT a medical provider I am NOT going to deliver your baby I don't do exams no blood pressure none of that if you hire a midwife that's like your OB that's what you chose that's who you chose to deliver your baby and I am your coach essentially I'm gonna coach you through labor I'm gonna um, provide, yes, some physical support for you, whether that's back massage, let's get in the bath and spray hot water on your belly and your back, or let's get in this position, it's comfortable, but baby can still come down, let me get you that cold cloth, let me hold the bucket while you throw up. Yes, we meet physical needs. But I believe that the mental support that we give as doulas and should give as doulas is probably more beneficial because at the end of the day, it is a mental game, childbirth is. And so when I'm coaching a mom, when I'm guiding a mom through what's happening and then she gets to that point, I don't know if I can do this and how much longer is it going to be? And doubt starts to set in. When you have a support person there, you have somebody to kind of catch you, so to speak, and not leave you by yourself to your own thoughts, right? Of this despair. Oh my gosh. Right. You have somebody that's not in labor <laughs> and thinking clearly who has done it before and can be like, all right, hey girl, let's get a new position. Let's get a game plan. Let's get on our hands and knees for about 20 minutes. See if that relieves some of that pressure that you're feeling. And then I really think it'd be beneficial to go to the potty and have three contractions there. Open up your pelvis, get baby to come down a little more. That's going to help you dilate. And then if you got the energy, let's walk the halls for about 20 minutes or so. So what, what did I just do? I just gave this short window of time that has an end and then we'll reassess. Rather than this endless amount of time, how much longer is this going to be? And that helps her to get refocused. She hears the game plan. She hears my confidence. She hears that she's not by herself. And now all of a sudden she's like, yes, okay, I can do that. Let's do that, right? And I just got this mom back. Rather than... literally watching her spiral down and I think sometimes doulas can make the mistake of only nurturing or just observing and and we want to be a little bit more proactive than that I, I believe my clients hire me because They know at some point they're going to need some assistance, some intervention. Can you help me accomplish this goal that I want to accomplish? Because I don't know what I
1: need anymore. I don't even know what I'm
2: thinking anymore. I don't know what I'm feeling anymore. And so I really think that is a huge, huge tool.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I love that you said that it's more of a mental game. And Mm -hmm. I've really only come to that realization maybe after my second baby, who's now 18 months old. And it... I really was like, okay, that's what I didn't prepare, yeah. didn't prepare my mind. And I've had this conversation with a, a doula previously on this podcast and and all the things that she said, you know, essentially along the, the same lines as you. And I just thought, yeah, we talk about pain and a lot of the physical yes. side of labor and birth, um, but nobody's talking about the, the mental game. So I wanted to ask you, what led you to then becoming a doula?
2: Yeah. So the very first birth I ever attended was my sister's birth. I was 19 years old. I wasn't married at the time. And I was at her, found myself at her birth. It was a home birth. And it was this very unique, amazing experience. And so, I mean, she's, there's this mattress in the middle of her living room. There's lots of women there, like, Friends or an as- birthing assistants to the midwife, you know, and it felt like a sorority house in some respects because women are eating and lounging and talking, and my sister's just walking around. She's in the bath. I mean, it was very relaxed. It was normal life, wow. and I was like, "Whoa, this is this is strange." And then just then, the whole birth experience. My, my nephew is now like 31, 32 years old now. And we had this crazy bond because I watched him be born. And at the time in my life, I had, um, it was kind of my, his birth was kind of my rebirth. I had strayed from, from family and from God and my life was just out of control. Wow. So when I came back home, his birth was like one of the first things that happened. And so it's, it's a very, um, it's a spiritual thing for me in a lot of respects. And so that set the tone for me about childbirth in terms of how I wanted to give birth. And, you know, of course, I didn't know at the time I was going to have this doula career and help over 200 women, right? But it did really set the tone for me, this really great positive experience. And so, yeah, when it came time for me um, to have babies, I was like, I think I want to look into having a home birth, you know, and my husband was all about it. He's a biology major. Like I think he wanted to do it more than I did. He wanted to be involved, you know, so
1: I love that. that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. That was super, super powerful. I mean, he's like, honey, you are so much stronger than you think you are. And, um, so yeah, really, really great experience for me. And so anyway, her birth really did catapult me towards this work as a doula. And so then I started having babies and, Amber, I don't know. I just really understood what I needed to do during labor. Like, okay, I was labeled a hypochondriac by my family, okay? So I'm not like this uber strong, like I'm complaining about the paper cut throughout dinner, okay? So that just gives you a window into the kind of person that I was at the time. But for some reason, I just knew that, okay... If I stay in front of this contraction, if I stay relaxed, if I breathe slowly, then I'm gonna get through it. I mean, it's a minute long. And then I'm okay between the contraction. Like, and I embraced that I was okay. Like I took my break. I had. I went back to the conversation that I was having before the other contraction. And then when the contraction came, I just stopped. I went to my breathing and I dropped my shoulders, I just went to this other place and I did that. I just did it. And and again, I don't know exactly why I understood it may have been because I knew if I get anxious or out of control for one second, I'm gone. Like y'all will never get me back. You know? Maybe it was that. Um so because of those really great birth experiences that I had, I did have family and friends that were like, What are you doing? I want The same experience. Will you come to my birth? So that's kind of how it started, just really naturally and organically. And then Mm -hmm. one of my midwives who delivered three of my babies said, Hey, I want you to be a midwife assistant. I think you'd be a great midwife. So I did that for a couple of years. But I realized really quick I didn't want to be a midwife. I definitely gravitated towards supporting the mom and wanting to be with her. I didn't want to leave her. I wanted to continue to coach her and support her and provide comfort and all that stuff. And so, but I did... Stay as a midwife assistant man you talk about priceless experience i mean all of my training as a doula is home birth all of it and so i do feel like my calling now in my local waco area most of the women that are having babies here are having babies in the hospital i feel like i get to bring this experience that i know is possible into Mm. the hospital room and so i love that i love that that's what i get to do and that my training set me up for that and so yeah it happened very organically i mean by the time i got officially certified i had already been to like 30 births wow so that's very unusual i mean most is yes. now who want to be doulas they decide they want to be a doula they go get certified they attend some trainings and now they're pumping up their social media and my, my experience just wasn't like that at all yeah. i do think in a lot of respects that has probably set me apart in some ways Um, because it did just kind of naturally happen and it wasn't something that I had to like from a business perspective to start, you know? Yes. So, yeah.
0: Great. And I wanted to ask because you say you had a home birth because you kind of did have this, can we call it a spiritual awakening? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Like, What's the word for that? Totally. Um, And... So why was hospital not your go-to? Because like you were saying, most women, are are, I get probably thrown into hospital births because of the unknown of home births and things. Why then did you choose home births? Because then you went on to have four more home births, I believe. And we'll get to your last, I think it was your last birth. That was the emergency cesarean. Right, right. So why was the hospital not your go-to?
2: Um, I think my, my husband and I were already pretty, um, more preventative type, uh, mm-hmm. people in terms of like natural, Hey, let's just, yeah, you got a fever. Let's take some vitamin C, drink a bunch of water, get some sleep, let it run its course. And we're probably fine. Um, that's before COVID days. FYI, yeah. <laughs> that was a long, <laughs> long time ago. Um, so you just let it run its course. No big deal. Right. Uh, and so, or we'd take the vitamins or whatever. Um, and so we didn't just run to the doctor every time we didn't feel well. Um, so we're kind of already on that path, so to speak. Um, and then again, my sister had a home birth, which I was a part of that experience. And then several other women that were kind of in my sphere of influence had home births. There was a really, at that time, a really great midwife in our area. And so it was not an odd choice. Honestly, it was a very viable option. And yeah. so again, my husband is probably a little more, this is too strong, but anti hospital doctor. I mean, like you broke your arm, let's go to the doctor, you know? Okay. But that's just not there. That's not him. It just, just not him. And so I think he definitely helped me, um, uh, want to look at that option a little bit more. Um, and and again, because the experience was so great, I mean, I had, my sisters were there, my mom was there. I mean, it was a room full of people. And uh, quite frankly, I'm addicted to the affirmation, add a girl type stuff, like maybe to a fault, like I love it. And so singing my praises is something I really thrive on. And so mm. I'm getting all this affirmation. I'm seeing these people that I love watch me, admire me, encourage me, and it just, wow, it was so life-giving, and it just made me go, I got this, I can do this, you know, um, and I think that just carried on, and because every birth experience that I had after that was so good and so positive, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, if you're considering uh, a birth center or a home birth, you need to interview this midwife and make sure that you feel 100% Safe with your life and your baby's life. If you do not, then don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate because I had midwives that had been doing it for a very long time um, and were very reputable, and they don't, you know, it. I was just very fortunate, and so I did feel one hundred percent safe uh, with them. And so I think that's really, really important. If you don't have that in your area, then I think. You, you need to go that hospital route. You want to make sure if there's an emergency that the person caring for you knows what to do and has the tools and has the skills to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'll add that.
0: Yeah. And so you had four home births. Five. No, five. Five home births. Because right. you, you are a mom of six. I'm a mom of is, six.
1: Yes. So crazy.
0: I'm I'm one of six. Oh, cool. And yeah, but... <laughs> Now that I'm a mom, I honestly say to myself, I'm like, oh, now I get why my mom was angry all the time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Kids are a lot. lot. They're a lot. They're a lot. And when they're younger, it's harder. I mean, after we had two, I was like, oh, babe. Whoa. Holy moly. These toddlers. I don't know. I don't know. And so we had to kind of get through that a little bit. And then I was like. Okay, yeah, I want more. But we were done at five. Mm. Just so you know, we were done at five. So Levi, baby number six, huge yep. surprise.
0: So tell me about Levi's birth then. Yeah. Because his is very different.
2: Oh, gosh, so different. Um, so I already have five children. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm actually homeschooling a couple of my kids, my younger kids. And then um, basically throughout the whole second trimester, I was bleeding And I had not done that with any of my other kids. So I was on bed rest, Um, like bed rest, because I have five kids, right? Whatever. That's a that joke. (laughs) Um, But to the best of my ability, bed rest. So um, at 25 weeks, I was going in for a sonogram because they were doing them often. I was considered high risk at that point. Um, And then I was losing amniotic fluid. During the sonogram, and she goes, I'll be right back. The doctor comes in. I was care flighted to the uh, hospital about 30 minutes away from us where they have a really great NICU because they thought I was about to go into labor. Um, thankfully, I was able to stay pregnant for 14 days in the hospital with little to no amniotic fluid, which is crazy. Um, very thankful for that. And then they came in one day. 20, I was 27 weeks pregnant, and they were like, "We got to go get him. You're losing your clotting factors, probably because I had been bleeding for months. Yeah. And um, if you go into spontaneous labor, we're at the point now where it could be dangerous, and we won't be able to stop the bleeding. And this is we're doing this to save your life." So at first, I was like, "Yeah, no, y'all have already convinced me. Every hour counts for the baby. I'm gonna stay pregnant, you know." And my husband's like,
1: "Oh." can I have a minute with my wife? Like, I need to
2: talk about this. Anyway, he's like, babe, we're doing this. I don't know what you're talking about. We're doing this. (laughs) So I go in for the C-section 27 weeks. He was 2.2 pounds and I didn't get to see him for like 24 hours because he was like touch and go um, Mm. for, for a while. Um, And I had just had a C-section and I didn't, didn't have the cute little bikini C-section. I was vertical Um, And so a lot more healing process involved with that one because it's just faster to get them out and they wanted to get in and get out quick. Um, So yeah, it was about 24 hours before I got to see him. So they wheeled me into the NICU and they point to him and he's in this like incubator thing. And I'm like, okay if you say so like y'all just stole this baby out of my body I just I'm gonna have to believe you that that's my child you know oh. it's just a very strange experience after oh. having five home right yeah and my fifth child was actually 12 pounds 24 inches long <laughs> oh. and then I have a c-section with a 2.2 pound baby and I was like uh-uh, I could have sneezed this baby out like what c-section with the two points about it so
0: very confusing for you very brain.
2: <laughs> very confusing so about three days it's time for us to leave i'm having to leave my baby at the hospital i bawling like how do you do this i, I can't oh, do this okay. again another for me spiritual moment i literally saw this Angel, huge, humongous, massive angel cramped inside of this incubator hovering over my child. And I was like, okay, wow, I, I can go. Because I wasn't even allowed to touch him at the time. I wasn't going to be able to care for him. So I went back home for a few weeks. Um, about, yeah, about two weeks, somebody drove me to and from the hospital every day so I could just literally see him. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Temple, stayed in the Ronald McDonald house for about five weeks. And I became his mm-hmm. caregiver. Um, that was very challenging. It was very hard. Yeah. Um, and
0: because how do you leave your other five children to go and yeah, tend and nurture? and Yeah.
2: It was tough. Hard time in our lives. And I look back and I go, how do you do that? How, how did we do that? And I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know. You know, but when life throws you this and you're like, okay, this is what my life looks like and I need to focus. I need to figure out how we're going to get this done. And it took a lot of support, a lot of people in our corner. I mean, great community I'm so thankful for. Um, but yeah, spent, uh, you know, five weeks just with Levi Holding him, singing him, caring for him, and he got to come home early. We took home a four and a half pound baby because they knew I knew how to take care of him because I was there every day, all day with him. Um, So yeah, life was very interesting. And you know, I want to say this: it has really served me well in my doula career because at the end of the day, Levi's here. It Mm. it, he was born. It was his birthday and I don't look at Levi, he's 13 years old now, just turned 13 a couple days ago. I don't look at Levi and go, dang it, I didn't get the birth I wanted. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that. And so I, some of what I'm being able to do now is help um, women process when birth doesn't go exactly the way you want it to go and it was traumatic or it didn't feel like you, it went the way you wanted to so help them process that. And let's put it in the in a perspective to where you can look at it in such a way that you don't feel like you failed or that, yeah. you know, you did something wrong or that, uh, you know, whatever that may be. Um, I'm very thankful, very thankful for yeah. for. <laughs> The NICU for the medical community and I had five homers I'm very thankful yeah. for this and so man it is like I said it's really helped me in my career because it just doesn't always go the way you want it to go but that's okay we can still have a positive experience and that's probably where my career has really shifted is really getting that word out right there.
0: Yeah and this is what I mean it's so interesting about birth is that the same woman can have very different births and you know five amazing home births of course we would automatically think number six is just going to be an easy home birth sure and yeah so it's interesting that while you know we can prepare and try and set ourselves up in a way that we can have a positive birth experience right that doesn't always have to be you know birthing one way (laughs) you can have positive experiences regardless. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think we need to view what is our definition of a positive birth experience. If it is only a certain way and you were able to accomplish and achieve all of the things you wanted to achieve within that birth. And that's the only way you can call it positive. Then I'm going to submit that you have an agenda, Mm. whether you're a doula with an agenda or a birthing woman with an agenda or a midwife with an agenda. It, we have to, yes, we can prepare. It's It's totally dangerous. Yes, we can prepare. Yes, we can know what we want and what we don't want. Great. Let's go for that. Plan A. Love it. We're probably going to get it. But sometimes plan B was better. That is what your birth called for. And we have got to learn how to celebrate plan B.
1: Yeah, because absolutely. it is still the
2: birth of your child. And, yeah. you know, again, we make sure that all of our clients are well informed, well educated. At the end of the day, you need to know you have all the rights. You hold all the cards. Nobody can do anything to you that you don't want them to. And our clients know that up front. So guess what? We go in and there's no stress. We're not worried about what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. We're moving forward and as long as mom and baby are fine, we know we can keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a beautiful thing. But again, sometimes birth calls for a different scenario. And so let's have the right perspective about that and let's make the most of it. Yeah. Right. Let's be thankful that you were in the right place in the hospital, they are so good at emergencies. This is really what they're trained for. Yes. So glad we're in the right place. Everybody's safe. Everybody's good. That's what we want to think about. That's what we want yeah. to dwell on.
0: Definitely. Well, you have attended over 200 births. Yeah. Very impressive resume. Thank you. <laughs> Just in birth world alone, let alone yeah. all the other things that you've done. What have you learned in this time, and what stayed with you? And does birth ever get old?
2: <laughs> so I am fifty, and the night yeah. birds are getting harder. I will confess. <laughs> I will confess that three a.m. call is getting trickier for sure. Um, I'm thankful that I have a team of women that work for me now, work with me, Waco Zula, um, and so we rotate. We have on call hours, which I love. And so that's been a huge, huge win and has probably kept me in the game longer uh, because lots of doulas get burned out because they're just on call all the time. Um, And that was me as a solo doula uh, because you don't want to say no to anybody. And then you start getting repeat clients. And so, anyway, having a team has been a real blessing. What have I learned in over 200 birds? Uh, A lot of it is what I just said a minute ago that – birth is birth and so you know when I talk about a positive birth experience I'm not talking about this fake stick a smile on your face miss congeniality the world is perfect and everything's positive la, 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 la. no yeah. <laughs> that's that's not even my personality I'm not like that you know so I'm definitely not talking about that what I am talking about is um viewing birth Uh, just normalizing birth that it is just a part of our lives and one way that we can do that is by honing in on the parts that are enjoyable the parts that are lighthearted, and like I said earlier taking your break I'm not having a contraction I'm okay I'm having this conversation with my husband Um, we just laughed at what the doctor just said and we're just being normal regular people And that really helps promote this positive atmosphere. Um, It helps let the laboring mom know that she's okay. She's normal. She's just giving birth. Not dying. Just having a baby. You know what I'm saying? And so that strengthens her, again, like I said, mentally. And so we get to have this experience that people are looking back on. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's messy. Sometimes there is trauma, but we get to look back on this experience and go, wow, amazing. I did that. That was, the, that was so hard. In fact, I didn't think I could do it. But then I did. Oh, my gosh. And then my baby was born, and I got to watch my baby be born. And now my baby's in my It's just amazing. It's a miracle. I mean, how many people get to see a miracle every time they go to work? Very few. Yeah. I'm one of those people. It's a great gig. I love it. Love it. And that part never gets old for sure. (laughs) Never gets old. Um, I have learned that you know, again, as a doula, I don't need to have an agenda. Um, do I think that there are things that we can do to prepare for birth? And do I think there are choices that you want to make throughout birth that'll make a better experience? Well, sure. I'm gonna tell you those things. Let's try those things, right? I think that distracting a mom. And giving her a game plan should be the first go-to before we do the analgesics or before we do the epidural because she told me when she hired me she wants unmedicated right so that's what I'm gonna go to first do I think that's what's best yeah for sure but I don't have an agenda and I don't need you to have your baby a certain way for me I do not keep stats on purpose we have really happy satisfied clients even the ones that have had c-sections in fact i feel like those women and those uh dads even sing our praises the loudest yeah because it did not go the way they wanted it to go but somebody was there supporting them who saw yeah. everything from start to finish. I never left. They, I know what happened. I saw how hard you worked. No, 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 no. It is not cause you're not strong enough. It's not because your body failed. It's cause baby's not in the best position. Baby's not happy anymore. Baby's heart rates dropping. Let's go get baby. You want your baby? Yeah. Let's go get baby. Yeah. It's good. We're good. Right? And so now they have a better understanding and perspective as they're wheel being wheeled back into the O R. They're okay, yeah. right? And so that's very that's very rewarding, and I think that's probably what will stick with me and stay with me, um, and has probably been um, the loudest thing about my doula career that mm. I don't I don't think there's a right or wrong way to have your baby. We actually have a client right now who has hired us, and after a long conversation, she's officially called us her fluffers. I just need somebody to hold my hand and just tell me what to do. Like, I don't want to know anything. I'm probably (laughs) going to get the epidural. Like, I just need to know that y'all are going to tell me what to do. I don't want education. I don't want to know what's going to happen. Okay. That's very unusual. We don't get clients typically like that, but it doesn't matter. She recognizes that. This is the experience she wants. I want support from somebody who's done this before. Don't talk me out of the epidural. Just tell me everything's okay and tell me what yeah. to do. Great, I can do that. We've been hired by people who are having scheduled C sections. You know, it, it hiring a doula, having a support person there. You need to know that that doula is there for you and whatever you want whatever you need and if you change your mind that is fine yeah totally I
0: think fine this is the difference that doulas have in birth i think and it is that that additional emotional and physical support i yeah. think goes a long way and i mean we've seen stats you don't have to do your own stats we've seen stats with doulas right. and the the positive impact they can have in a woman's birth and right. trauma drops if a doula is involved yeah, and you know, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest things. Yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: So what are some challenges you face as a doula in either birth or maybe the system? What are some of the challenges?
2: Yeah. So when you sent these questions, I was reading this one and, and I read it several times and I thought about <laughs> it long and hard. I'm really fortunate Amber to be in a community where the birthing community is really great um uh, i really am so i don't run into a lot of issues with the birth system here amazing uh we have two different hospitals we have a birthing center um we have midwives that are willing to do home births and so we have some options like i said before i primarily are i'm attending birds at the hospital because that's just our demographic um, of women here in the waco area but You know i've worked hard to establish good professional relationships with both hospitals doctors midwives nurses um it is a real teamwork effort um i'm gonna encourage people that if you especially doulas if you're running into some issues or some problems within the birth system where you live in your community so i'm not talking about nationwide worldwide I, i don't live in these other places and so i don't know what their yes. experience is i've heard i've read right but it's not my experience and so um i mean i would literally call the doctors set up appointments go to their offices go to their clinics and meet them and introduce myself there you don't have time to do that in a birth no. i mean they literally <laughs> come in they deliver the baby and they go see ya i mean yeah. i can't form a relationship with you and so I would go meet with them, talk to them, introduce myself, tell them what I do, what I don't do so that the next time they see me they know exactly what I'm about and so we get recommended by the doctors and the midwives, mm. we have the labor and delivery nurses that are talking about us, supporting us, hey if you want a natural childbirth call Wake Dula, call Micah, right and so what our clients get from that is this teamwork and so I'll show up and I'll be greeted by the labor and delivery nurse. And she's like, okay, Mike, here's the situation. Duh, 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 What do you want to do? And I, you can't beat that when you're yeah, a doula. Because absolutely. I don't work for the hospital. I work for my client, right? Yeah. And so the truth is I'm on their turf, right? I, I don't yeah. work there. I, I could be your great aunt. I'm nobody at the hospital, yeah. right? And so I really do think that if you're if you're running into some issues... It might be because the, the medical community doesn't fully understand what you do. Yeah. Doesn't really know you as a person. And so I did the work. I did that upfront work right away mm. um, so that they would know who I am. Uh, I don't dodge and avoid the labor and delivery nurses. Like when I first got started, I'm having a conversation just like I'm having with you, Amber. You and I don't know each other, but I'm fully myself. We've yeah. laughed. I've been honest with you, and that's what I do with the nurse. I mean, I'm not, like, chatty Cathy like I am right now at first. (laughs) But I'm already Mm -hmm. making those connections as soon as I walk in. I'm not dodging her. And I think sometimes doulas, especially new doulas, are trying to get out of the way or they're afraid they're going to cross a boundary. No, you don't have to be worried about that. Be relaxed. Be yourself. You Know what your role is. You don't have to Mm -hmm. be watching that heart monitor. They are. You don't have to be yeah. concerned with that. They've got that part, right? And so I just get to focus on you and, hey, let's remember our breathing or whatever. So um, I'm very fortunate. I love I'm that very though. Blessed. Yeah. yeah. That,
0: I feel like that's probably unheard of, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah.
2: And but I've heard that before. Mean,
0: yeah. It also could mean why, um, you know, you were saying Waco Dula and your experiences have been so good and that yeah. people are coming back because you, yeah. you kind of did the work
2: in order right. for it to
0: be that way. Right, yeah. and
2: I and they see that, and which is great. I actually had a, one of the doctors tell me, he goes, Micah, what you're doing for these women makes my job easier. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is what every provider should think and feel, is that I made your job easier because you're walking into a room that is not chaotic, yep. that is calm, with a woman that is basically in control, breathing, we're getting ready to have this baby. That baby's descended. That baby's in a good position because we tried all kinds of positions to get this baby turned right. And literally, all you have to do is come in and deliver this baby. She's not freaked out. She's not mad. It's a, it's a good environment. It's a good atmosphere. And that's what they should think. That's what they should feel. And then, when you don't cut their legs out from underneath them, Right, we tell our clients right up front. Look, if you don't trust your doctor, you have a problem. Yeah, because I am not your medical provider. I did not go to med school, so I am not gonna say to you, "Don't listen to your doctor." I'm not. I, I don't want to do that. What a terrible position I'm putting my client in. So I'm gonna tell you right up front what all your options are. And in the middle of birth, if a doctor says, you know, I just don't think like you're progressing the way we want, we may have to introduce Pitocin, then I may step in and say something along the lines of, okay, great, let me ask a couple questions. So she's not progressing the way you want. Are you saying there's an emergency? No, 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 there's no emergency. There's no. Oh, okay, good, great. So is something gonna happen if we don't? get the induction like something negative no no nothing's gonna happen if we don't do it oh good okay great so as long as baby and mom are doing okay and she wants to continue to try this a little bit longer are you okay with that well yeah if she wants to keep laboring that's fine with me I don't know you know how much longer it's gonna go okay cool thank you so much for telling me your concerns and for keeping an eye on us and Maybe I think we want to try this a little bit longer because mom and baby are doing good. She's still got some more energy. And then if we have to introduce it, we have to introduce it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to head that off at the pass. I'm going to engage in that conversation. I'm going to ask the right questions. I'm going to make them show all their cards, right? Because there's not an emergency. So we don't really need this. It's just what you think would be good. Thank you. Thank you. A we woman maybe that.
0: birthing for the first time mm-hmm. and didn't have a doula. Right. We probably accept all of those things because oh, it's yeah. coming from somebody in, right? You know, a lab coat, so to speak, yep. some kind of authority in birth, right. and so then they accept what they say. So yeah, yeah, you it's know, true. having a doula being able to advocate for you or give yes. you the information from the same perspective but different. So the same, same but different. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, this is kind of the thing, like hospital births tend to be more rushed uh-huh. kind of rushing birth like we got to yeah. speed this along because it's yes. i've got i've got a conveyor belt of women
2: <laughs> right. you
0: know birthing yeah. and so they just don't have the time to give each individual and right. yeah this is the power of doulas it is.
2: It really is. I mean, it listen, is. if you are a pregnant mom right now or wanting to become pregnant and you have the option to hire a doula, I would encourage you to do so. And it's not just because I am a doula, but because, especially the first five births that I had, home births, I essentially had doulas, even with yeah. baby number five. I mean, there were no official doulas at the time when I was having uh, babies, yeah. but they acted as doulas. They practiced yeah. it as doulas. They were encouraging. They supported me. They were not delivering the baby, right? So I had that support, and and so I know how valuable it is. I don't, I don't think we're built or designed, honestly, to do it by ourselves. Yeah. And, and even if you do have a spouse with you, nine times out of ten, they probably haven't been to a birth before, or they just don't know all of the ins and outs. They're just as clueless as you are and they feel a lot of the weight and pressure to know exactly what you need to hear or what you want, you know? And so a doula has a few more tools in her bag, um, has probably helped other people do it. And so it's just a really great investment. It's a great uh, baby shower gift for people to pitch in on to get a doula. Like, we can buy diapers anytime, like get the doula if, yep. if if the budget is the issue. So if you have an option, at, at the very least, do some research, look into it, have some interviews, some consultations and see, because I really think it makes a huge, huge difference.
0: So you mentioned you also train doulas, so you own Waco Doula. I do. And so you've got yeah a rostering system with how many doulas?
2: Yeah, so it can range anywhere from two doulas on the team to I've had up to five at a time. Okay. Um, and so I've, I think we've been doing this for about three or four years now. I tried the doula agency thing where I had two other doulas that I trained on my team on the website and you picked which doula you wanted. Both of those doulas ended up um, they, they actually were labor and delivery nurses for several years and decided to become doulas. So they were amazing, but they didn't like being on call 24, yes. seven, three to four weeks for every client. I mean, that's a hard gig.
0: Yeah. That's I a mean, lot. yes,
2: labor and delivery worship nurses work long hours, but they know when they're going to yeah. work, right? You don't know when you're a doula. So that's not for everybody. And so they did not stay with it very long. So that got me thinking, okay, wait a second. I got to rethink this because I want a team. And mm. so I started the on-call team. I looked, girl, all over the internet, websites. It was nowhere. Like I could not find a blueprint for on-call doulas. So I what? just had to create something. There may be something out there, but I couldn't find it. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm gonna, and, and so I've tweaked it along the way. Um, it starts with a an apprenticeship program where I have a doula workshop, uh, a one-day workshop. And then those apprentices got to attend my births and watch me work, wow. which is so, so, so crucial and so beneficial. It's it's the one thing that doula certifications are going to have a hard time offering because they're nationwide. And no, you can't go to somebody's birth, right? They, you live yeah. in another part of the country. So this was huge for me because I wanted my apprentices who were going to become doulas to have birth experience. Mm. I really did. So they attended my births. They probably attended five to six births of mine and watched me work. And then by like the third birth, I was able to get them involved in the process. And now, you know, they're participating and my clients loved it because you get two doulas for the price of one. Hello. Mm. Awesome. And then I did an evaluation birth on all of them. And so over the last few years I think I've kind of found what has is working the best for us at 5 is too many because that means our clients hire the whole team and they got to meet 5 people.
0: Yeah, that's,
2: okay. That that's tricky. It's a lot, and yeah. that's a lot. And that means also 5 doulas are having to set up different anyway. Um, and 2 which is what I have right now, me and one other doula, there's two of us, I'm in the process of training uh, five other apprentices right now, and we're actually going to have, nobody knows this, spoiler alert, uh, in twi- uh, January 2022, we're going to have two teams in Waco, uh, of Waco doula, and so when a client, when we go through the interview process, then I put them, I sign them to one of the teams, and so you only have to meet those two doulas, and those two doulas just have A certain amount of clients that they need to care for rather than two doulas having to care for all of our clients. I mean, we have Mm. 30, you know, 30 births a year probably. And so that's, that can be a lot, that can be extensive in terms of meeting people. And we do a client class for all of our clients. And so, um, anyway, so have tweaked it to this. And so now, so I can't get my apprentices in the hospital now with me because of COVID policies. You can only have the one support person of a certified doula in our area. Um, And so I can't get them in. So I've changed the apprenticeship program to like a mentorship program. And so I actually have some recorded births of clients. And so I'm being able to use those as teaching tools um, where I can actually, we're watching the birth and now we're actually able to talk about it. Whereas before, when you came to the birth with me, I'm not going to teach you in the middle of the birth. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk a few days later after the birth. And now I'm being able to kind of dissect it and take you step by step and tell you why I said what I said and why I did what I did and help you see what I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. And so in some respects, I'm like, wow, this is even a little bit more thorough in some respects. And so we're working with what we got. Uh, COVID has changed quite a bit. And so I don't want to stop training uh, people. And, I'm even now being able to shift to be able to mentor people even outside the Waco area because I'm not having to get you to my birth. I'm using these tools. And so it's actually uh, been helpful for me to be able to see how this will work to help mentor other doulas that are not here
0: in Waco. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I I love that you've really kind of evolved this so that it can, you can share your knowledge and wisdom with people beyond your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing, and we need people like you. <laughs>
2: thank you. We do,
0: yeah. Sharing your knowledge and wisdom—it's so important. I and appreciate that. Do you think you'll be a doula for much longer?
2: So, yes, yeah. I will continue to so with the two teams, and we're also branching. We're going to have a team in our uh, a neighboring city in Temple, which is about thirty minutes away, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Uh, to cover other areas as well um, but yeah I still do the like the interview process i still the face of Waco doula in a lot of respects I have repeat clients that <laughs> uh, refuse to give birth without me and yes. so I'm like come on girls come on girls it's okay we can do this um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm essentially the backup doula for everybody right and oh, so wow. sometimes things happen I'm going to tell you this Starting a team three years ago, I had no idea how valuable and important that was going to be when COVID hit because, you know, when my kid comes home and the school calls and says, Hey, little Susie was diagnosed with COVID and that child is in my kid's class. Well, my whole family's quarantining Yeah, and I can't go to the birth, even though I may have been the one on call that day. So I'm so thankful for this team. Because we're being able to back each other up in these very strange, odd times. Or maybe I don't feel well, but I don't know what's wrong. It's yeah. not okay anymore just to show up at the birth. Yeah. Even though I have a mask on, even though you took my temperature, it's just not okay, right? And yeah. so we're being you know, very, very cautious and very proactive about that, of course. And so I'm very thankful to have a team where we're being able to back each other up. So yes, I'm, I'm still attending births. I'm just attending fewer births, quite a bit, fewer births, especially as like we were talking about early, just me expanding beyond just my Waco walls. And like just within the year I've joined other doula Facebook groups Because I've been really focused on my community and helping the pregnant women here have great birth experiences and training local doulas. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. been my focus. So it's been very recent to kind of focus outside. And and it's been really cool. And um, I think that's a huge reason why I've wrote the book. I think it's a huge reason why I started the podcast, because I want to be able to help as many people as I can.
0: Yeah, branching out. I love it. It's great.
2: Thank you. And you should
0: be so proud of yourself. These are all massive accomplishments.
2: Thank you. It feels crazy. It really does.
0: Talking about COVID, how has COVID changed birth? So you talked about, like, obviously there's kind of less support in a way. um, But what other, I guess, implications has COVID had on birthing women and mothers, do you think?
2: So initially when we had the quarantine, mm. um, we weren't allowed in hospitals, obviously, for about six months. And wow. thankfully in Waco, they were still allowing the spouse to attend the birth because there were plenty of places all over the country where women are birthing alone. Like their spouse can't even come in. Yeah. Like that's awful, awful, awful. So I was not beating down the door, let me in, let me in. I was just thankful they were letting the spouse in. Right. And so we did some additional training for our clients during that time. We had lots of clients that we weren't able to go. And so we beefed up our training very, very hands on. This is what I say before a contraction. This is what I say during a contraction. This is what I say between contractions, you know, uh, to really try to help this spouse a little bit more figure out what are we doing? What are we saying? How do I help um, get them to yeah. recognize that a little bit? And then obviously we were perfectly willing to offer the virtual support, whether that was FaceTime, Zoom, phone call, and that did benefit some people. It's not our, pre- it wasn't our preference, but it was some do. kind of support gap. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were able to get back in um, and, and they only made allowances for a support person that was a certified doula to come in. You couldn't just have a second visitor. So that was the first step. So we're very thankful, very blessed about that. Now you can have, uh, well, it's constantly changing. I'm going to be honest. It's constantly changing. Uh, right now you can have two people, whatever that means to you in yeah, one of on the okay. hospitals In the other hospital. It's still one visitor and one support person. That's a certified doula. And so who knows how that will continue to change and evolve. Um, So initially that's what happened. And so it was a huge shift. And now we have women considering home births or birthing centers because they want to have the people there that they want to have there. And they would have never considered that before. And, And in some ways that concerned me a little bit because you really have to have a certain mindset if you're going to have your baby at home. When you were going to have your baby in the hospital and that's what you initially wanted because I want the, the safety, right? But now because my mom can't be there, I'm going to consider a home birth. That concerns me for you because the last thing you want to be is transferred in the middle of labor or transition yeah. because you changed your mind, I can't do this I want the drugs so let's back up a minute and let's talk about this for a second let's decide if that really is the best thing for you now um, I don't think it's changed at least in my area the birthing process for women what I see that has changed is postpartum care honestly mm. because people are sticking closer to home they just had a baby They don't have visitors, so they're not getting as much help or they don't want to go into the doctor's office or see the lactation consultant because, you know, less exposure is better, right? So I've seen the bigger change with postpartum care um, rather than birth.
0: Yeah, okay. That's interesting Yeah. because, yeah, you just don't know how, like every state and every hospital is different and has a different – policy and the way that they do things and it can yeah. get very confusing and right. yeah i guess the end of that is that women are being left alone not only to birth but in postpartum like their partners go back to work eventually yeah. and then and then yeah. what
2: right oh yeah we, we need to be talking so much more about postpartum care we really do yeah. and, and for anybody listening you know obviously i've been talking about birth doulas you all need to know there are postpartum doulas you need to book that up. There. Yes. yes. There's yep. anti-pardon doulas. There's adoption yeah. doulas. There's uh, natural fertility doulas. Y'all, there's all kinds of doulas. Get, yeah. get educated about what your community offers because you will benefit from this care because you just shouldn't be trying to do this on your own. You really yeah. shouldn't be. Um, support is so important. Please get yeah. that. Please find and out it's what your worth, community offers. It's
0: worth investing in your support. So oh my gosh. Throw Absolutely. your money at it.
2: Absolutely.
0: You know, buy the second hand cot and throw your money at a doula. Totally.
2: totally. <laughs>
0: big, big difference.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you recently
0: published your book, The Humor in Birth. I wanted yeah. to congratulate you because thank, thank you. you, massive. You're now a published author. I know.
2: It it is the craziest thing to say. It's actually hard for me to say I'm an author. <laughs> Because it feels so, like, official and hoity-toity, and I'm just not that at all. It's actually, it's funny because I am not an avid reader. I'm just going to confess. I'm not an avid. That's not my, like, jam, right? So it's hysterical to my family that I wrote a book (laughs) because that's not my thing. But it is a very uh, easy read, a very lighthearted read. Um, Yeah, I would... So in all the birds I've attended, not just my clients, even my own, I obviously have a lot of stories. Yeah. And the, the things that stick out to me the most, the things I remember are these positive, light hearted, enjoyable, humorous, uncensored moments. To me, those are the parts of birth. It's an aspect of birth. I think that rarely gets talked about. Um, you know, we've got lots of people that are writing about, talking about and covering you know, Hey, you don't know all your choices. You need to know your options. Hey, this is what went wrong in the birth room. Hey, this is what my nurse said. That was so offensive. This was the trauma I experienced and those things need to be talked about. Right. And, and they are, I think though we need to make sure we're equally talking about the positive Mm. moments and the positive aspects of birth. And so that women aren't totally scared of birth. And yeah. so this book is also my attempt to help normalize birth, um, which is what I talked about earlier. And so I do feel like when we bring ourselves into the birth and we enjoy the things that we normally enjoy, my favorite snack I brought to the hospital and I'm eating that. And oh my gosh, watch this TikTok video that me and my kids did right before birth. And You know, those things are what strengthens this mama that everything is okay and that birth is just a normal part of my life. And so, yeah, this book definitely portrays every kind of birth, every kind of birth that you can imagine. And we're highlighting so many fun things, the hysterical thing that the spouse said that was so inappropriate <laughs> and we're dying laughing, you know, the funny thing that happened. I mean, there's just so many, it's just fun. And I can remember actually saying to my clients in birth, okay, y'all one day I am writing a book called the humor in birth. And this is going in the book. So obviously my client's names are all changed. Their identities are yes. hidden. I change little details of the story. Maybe my client actually had a boy, but I say she had a girl. Maybe she had a doctor. I say she had a midwife. You know, I change those little details, again, to continue to protect their identity. Um, and I've combined two stories into one. I've This one client of mine called me. I've been to all three of her births. And she goes, I think I'm in chapter three seven and 12 and I said yep you are (laughs) because I I separated her stories and so they're well protected I want to make sure people know that um but most of them are like where am I I want to find myself in the book am I in the book they're excited you know they own it I've already had a client on my podcast talking about her birth stories within the book so it's been a lot of fun so yeah I'm super super proud of it it is um not just humor there's it's super informative there's a lot of tips in there. You actually get to hear me coaching my clients because mm-hmm. it's real. It's a story. It's what I said. It's what I did. Um, and so, yeah, it's informative. And then I've even had people say, wow, I'm so glad I read this before I gave birth. I feel more prepared. Um, you're right. It just seems so normal and natural. Now I know what to say to that nurse or, oh, my gosh, that made me cry. I can't believe that happened. And so... Yeah, I'm pretty proud. I'm pretty it's kind proud. of like
0: one of a kind.
2: Thanks. Like, yeah, yeah, there's really there's is. not a lot out there like it. It's true.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you should be so proud of it. Thank awesome. You. And you recently turned fifty. I know. So that, crazy. That is a big milestone in and of itself. It is. And you it look is. back on your life, and you have done. You have a full life. I really do full I'm life so amazing yeah i'm so
2: blessed
0: so i wanted to ask you how has motherhood changed for you over the years now you're coming out of you know you've had your babies and toddlers and your pre-teens you've still got one and then now raising adult children
2: okay first of all i'm just gonna say they lied you're not done when they graduate from high school it's no. <laughs> big about life I'm so sorry to disappoint all of you. You're not done. It's but it's so different. It's so different. Um, you know, when they're little the energy and the needs are super physical, right? Like they don't feed themselves, you change their diaper, you you know, you're carrying them, car seats, the whole thing, right? As they get older, their issues are emotional. Now you have these thinkers, you have these individual people and personalities. And so uh, we want to raise, we don't want to raise clones, we want to raise individual people. And so you have to give permission for there to be mistakes. You have to let it be okay that each child is growing at their own pace. And I don't mean like literally growing, like measuring how tall they are. And yeah. I have tall children. I have tall <laughs> children. Um, not that, but how they're growing as people emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Um, and it, it's fascinating to watch. And sometimes it's really scary to watch. And my husband and I decided early on that we did not want to strive for perfection in ourselves or in our children. And so sometimes that can look really messy in a teenager. They just can Yeah,
0: We're
2: not perfect, they're not perfect. And so we process, we talk about it, we you know, think about um, each one of them as individuals. And, and every year when it was time for a new school year and this child is older, we would talk and pray and, and seek counsel and think about what does this child need this year? And maybe it's different from what my other children are doing or -hmm. what we thought was going to happen. And that has to be okay. And that, and that should be okay. It should be good. And so, um, yeah, my kids are so much fun. I mean, one of my favorite things is when they are all in the same room together. Um, I have three grandkids now. My oldest daughter is 27. And has three kids. Uh, got to attend all three so of their you're births. Even a grandmother. And my grandmother. Nuts. Wow. So nuts. And so you know, her. Uh, my conversations with her are very different. Yes. Uh, she is a mother. Yeah. I'm not mothering her. She's a mother. You know. And so she's talking to me or telling me something. And, ooh, what if I wouldn't do it that way? What if I disagree? Oh well that's okay this is her life and then maybe if that didn't go the way she wanted it to and maybe we're having another conversation I have to be careful not to come in and try to rescue or try to make it alright because no this is your life your choices your mess yeah, your highs your lows and I'm here for it I'm with you I support you but I can't choose for you and I can't Make it better. Yeah. I can support, but I can't make it better, right? I can't, I can't choose your life for you. And so it's interesting because, you know, as I get older, believe it or not, we get more phone calls. We get more, hey, I'm considering this. What do you think? Oh, wait, what? You don't know what I think. Oh, okay. You know, and so that part is very different and very uh, rewarding. Um, I'm super, super proud of my kids. And Mm -hmm. they, um, they love well. They, they love hard, um, they play hard, um, mm. they make choices that they stand behind and they own their mistakes. Uh, mm. I, that might be one of my favorite things because yeah. I, wanna, I want to have a family and I want to live in a world where we're not afraid to go, ooh, that didn't work the way I thought it was going to, I need to back up, I need to fix that, I don't think that was right
0: yeah
2: and I so I'll be okay with that I'm gonna be okay with that I made a not great choice so I'm gonna back it up I'm gonna be honest and change it I need you to be okay that that was not the best choice and we got to move forward right because none of us are gonna do this perfect We're just well not. they
0: say repair begins with accountability yeah. and holding ourselves accountable can be really difficult sometimes it it's is. a learned thing I think
2: it yeah. is It is, it is. And then when you see that, wow, it didn't go, just like birth. Wow, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Wow, this choice did not pan out the way I wanted it to do. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do with that? You still have choices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can still move forward. Yeah. And so it's exciting and terrifying to watch adult children navigate life.
0: Yeah, and it can be really hard. I mean, like, you know, my kids are only toddlers, but now my husband and I have conversations together about, okay, we can't project our expectations and our biases and agendas. Of course, we envision a life that we want our kids to have, but it doesn't always go the way we want it to go. And we have to be mindful and conscious about that and parent accordingly. You know, I loved what you said, individuals, they are individuals. I'm so different to all of my siblings, you know, and I am one of six. Yeah. And yeah, I it, it I think it's a really uh, important mindset to have as yeah. a parent, particularly as your children do grow and become their own people. Yes, and it can be yeah, like you said, it can be hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, it
2: can be.
0: My last question for you, just to yeah. wrap up, I just thought okay. I can't not ask this. Any words of wisdom to maybe a mum listening <laughs> who's prepping for birth, or maybe in postpartum, or in the thick of motherhood?
2: Wow. Yes. You know, I think one of my main things that I tell, um, people, well, we already said this. If you're prepping for birth, if you can't hire a doula, hire a doula. If you can't, then get some tips and some support from other people. Um, and you know buy your book (laughs) book. yeah it'll be so it is such an easy read you will read it in like two days no no problem it's a it's a fun way to learn it's not super heady you know so fun way Mm -hmm. to learn um but yeah i think what i would say is um parenting starts when you're pregnant because you're already making decisions for this child don't stress about every little thing and every little choice that's in front of you to make. Sometimes you just got to jump off the cliff and go, you know what? Let's just see if this works. Yeah. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is you go, nope, didn't work. Parenting is a lot about trial and error. Mm. It, it really is. And so what worked for you in breastfeeding and you're on your soapbox and you're telling me I have to do it this way, may not work for me. Yep. It may not, and that's okay. So I'm gonna try something different, and and I'll be super, super honest and super vulnerable. When I was a young parent, I believed there was a way. I really did. I really thought there was the best way to raise our kids, and that's what we're gonna do. And high standards, high expectations, very little room for mistakes or permission to grow, and it was stifling, and I got so burned out. Because I believe that there was a perfect way. So I go to bed rehearsing all the things that I didn't get done, or that I did wrong, or that I should have done. And I just feel like this terrible mom. And I believe that it was bad to want yeah. a break from your kids mm. oh my gosh no that's you're not bad you're not alone there <laughs> you're not al- right and so if you are listening and you feel bad because you want a break from your kids can I just give you permission to let yourself off the hook go get that mani-pedi that massage take yourself to dinner get that date your kids are okay yeah they are they're gonna be and if you're not taking care of yourself that's the worst thing you can do to your children I agree They need a healthy mom physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. They do. They deserve that. And you're doing them no benefits and no service to continue to deprive yourself and to deplete to the point of burnout. And I'm going to tell you, it takes a long time to recover from that. It is not a road you want to go on. Mm -hmm. And so I, I am a firm believer in, hey, be all in, love being a mom, and then
0: love the other aspects of your life too well thank you so much I've loved your honesty your vulnerability and just your Texan wit and charm (laughs) well thank you kindly (laughs) ma'am I love it but yeah thank you so much for coming on and taking your time to chat to me and it's gonna be super beneficial to I think any Any mum, new or seasoned, um, there's so much in this. So thank you.
2: Oh, thank you, girl. This was so much fun, Amber. I had a lot of fun and I appreciate all that you're doing. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.
1: Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at mydulamica.
2: You can also find me on Wacodula.com, WagoDoula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us.
1: This